0: Welcome back to another episode of Homebrew Portal. I'm Big J. And I'm Bite. And today we're looking at some hot takes. Hey, well, you know what? I don't need no stupid game. To tell me how to have fun. I'll do it all on my own. If you think Poop Dragon's hard, you should never play Diarrhea full.
1: potions of healing, then a spell scroll of true strike. Actually, he has to roll with disadvantage because his target's five feet away from him and he's using a range.
0: so we have scoured the internet and by scoured i meant looked around for like five or ten minutes and found uh, a series of hot takes most of these are directed specifically at DD, but we are going to take a more a general approach to them bite are you ready i am ready hot take too many player races have dark vision to the point we're having it isn't a benefit not having it is a detriment and we're going to expand that to also include low light because we play with pathfinder thoughts
1: off the top of my head i can think of one race that doesn't have at least low light vision and that's human and if you play human you're a boring person
0: (laughs) that's a hot take that i don't agree with in (laughs) and of itself um no, but I, they do have a serious point. I mean, it's like so almost like when you look at the list of Pathfinder races, like I'm looking right now, and I'm, not, I'm just looking at a list. I'm not looking at the details. But I know cat uh, Catfolk, Dampfear, Drow, Fetchlings, Goblins, Hobgoblins, Cobalts, um, Ratfolk, Tengu all have at least low light. And that's just glancing at the list right now. And it does feel like like when you're in a Pathfinder party – it's like, all right, who has low light? And it's like everyone except for the one guy every yeah. time. Yeah. So and,
1: and I can even add on to that list, like with and it, this isn't just like advanced races, core races in Pathfinder all have low light.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, they got a point. Um, this one I liked a lot. Player versus player, PvP, is okay if it's okay.
1: <laughs> well, well, listen, if it's okay, then it's okay.
0: Right, but if it's not okay, then it, which is most of the time, then it's not. But in those rare instances where it is okay, it is okay.
1: You, you got an edge lord in your party and all he, want, all he wants to do is kill all the NPCs? It's okay.
0: Um, well, I would say it wouldn't be okay in that particular instance.
1: You're telling me that you would want to allow your player to keep playing the edgelord.
0: Oh, you mean if someone wants to kill the edgelord? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I actually, um, I used to, when I used to game, when I first started getting a game master, I had this friend, uh, his name was, uh, we called him Ruby. And uh, he had this great habit where if one of the players was playing a really bad character and everyone hated him, after a session, we'd be hanging out smoking and he'd just saddle up next to me and go, hey, man. So uh, I want to run this by you real quick, but I got an idea to kill that guy. And he'd, like, kill the the bad players in the most inventive ways ever. My favorite was he pulled up the carpet in their in-room, and uh, under the carpet he put, like, an entire, like, three bags of poisoned caltrops. So when they got out of bed in the morning, they just fell over and hit, like, 20 of them. (laughs)
1: That's amazing. Oh, it's fantastic.
0: All right, next hot take. This one's spicy. Critical Role is not good. <laughs> yes, sir. Your Can opinion you is bad. You are bad. And you should feel bad.
1: Who? <laughs> I... I can't imagine, like, what kind of person this guy is.
0: Who hurt you? <laughs> That's just... I... Yeah, I don't understand how a functional adult human with two brain cells to rub together <laughs> could could watch Critical Role and be like, you know what, this guy ain't that great.
1: Matt Mercer broke this man's heart, and he's out for revenge.
0: Whoever, whoever you are, who said that, if you're out there, if you happen to be listening, just know. You're just an absolute brick of a human being. Just, I can't even look at this anymore. Let's move on. Um, next one. Why do races have so many abilities? If I want to make a character, I have to go through a shit ton of abilities at level one before my class, many of which are incredibly difficult to decide between. Poison resistance, question mark, when am I going to need this? I might not, I might never need this. But a breath attack is a thing I can find uses for way more frequently. You want to start to unpack that one?
1: Ah, uh, yes. The Chad who wants less abilities on this character
0: sheet. <laughs> what what is this, dude? You know what this is? You know what I bet this is? I bet uh, this guy is a first time he's ever made a character. You know, that moment when you have the seasoned Game Master, and, like, he, like, because I've had this happen to me. You've been Game Mastering forever, and one of your co-workers is like, hey, man, I've always wanted to play D&D, and you're like, oh, well, I, I, I used to Dungeon Master. And they're like, oh, well, can you run it for a group of me and all my friends? all of whom are new, and when you hear that you go, oh, cool, I can get more people involved. And then you go over to their house, and you start Game Mastering it, and 15 minutes later it's just devolved into a four-way screaming match. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> because you're pissed off that they don't understand, they're pissed off because they're misunderstanding some really basic shit, and everyone's just screaming at each other. That's where this guy was. He was one of those brand new players. This is the guy
1: that's like, wow, D&D seems like such a really cool game. I think I'm going to try it. And then they try to make a a character, their first character. And they're like, oh, I didn't realize I had to, like, spend time on this hobby.
0: There's math.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't do addition. Wait, what's 10 minus minus? 6 divided by 2. Oh, it's too hard.
0: Also, you know, cuz see when he said poison resistance, when am I ever going to need this? I might not I might never need this. You know for a fact, if this poor bastard's game master heard that, he's getting poisoned immediately. Yep. Next <laughs> like, session. He that game master is going to specifically find a poison that will overcome his resistance and just poison him. Poison
1: resistance is the third most useful resistance in the game, behind uh, magic and slashing.
0: Yeah, uh, well, um, I'd say I don't know. I think some energy types may, in the right campaign, could be more useful. But uh, yeah, maybe. otherwise, agree. Okay, <laughs> moving on from that absolute disaster. Standard D D rules are far too combat focused and lead people away from actual role playing.
1: Who's gonna tell this guy that he has a bad DM?
0: I mean, that that someone someone has to clearly. I mean, the rules of the system you're playing have almost no impact on how much combat there is, unless like. You're playing a system that somehow has... like, And he's talking about D&D 5e, just for context. Like, if there were no skill check system in 5e... Okay, maybe, sure. But there is a full skill check system.
1: Yeah. And, you know, at least half the spells in, in 5e in particular are for outside of combat.
0: And even if there was no skill check system you can still roleplay, right? Am, am I losing it here?
1: I, like, the rules, like, why would you want rules on how to roleplay? Why, why wouldn't you just want to? Okay,
0: okay. hypothetical for you, you. Hypothetical for you. What if I made a system that was identical to D&D, except for the only classes to pick from were Fighter, Rogue, and uh, Monk. There was no magic system whatsoever. There's no skill check system. It's just the basic combat rules, and that's it. Are you telling me that you couldn't roleplay with that?
1: I mean, you're right. Like, you can roleplay with anything. I mean... Hell, you can pop Breath of the Wild into your Switch and role-play
0: as Link. I've been role-playing in Skyrim for the last decade. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, isn't that... I, I don't know what, the, what this guy's smoking, but uh, I, I think we can say he's wrong. <laughs> uh, this guy, in response to a comment about uh, edgy characters, said, A living family makes for way more plot hooks than the alternative.
1: This is an underrated take.
0: Uh, I mean, uh, how many times have you been game mastering and you heard, yeah, so uh, my parents were killed by X and then uh, I, I, but I survived, but I saw one of their faces and I'm hell bad. on. You never, you never listen past that part because you already know.
1: How like what I, I really want to know what the percentage of characters that are made for role-playing games are whose parents have died in a fire.
0: Or or just died are dead. Like that's gotta be like at least 80%, right?
1: PSA. If you make a character with a living family, I can make plot hooks. Wait, get this. Around your family and your character's identity.
0: Speaking of which, um, and I, I'm the only person I've ever met who's done this. The only person. Why do nobody's characters have children? I think, like I get it. I don't think i you're ever playing had a
1: character with a child, and I think it's just because I it's easier for me to relate to younger characters. Well,
0: that's that's fair. But hold on. I get it if you're playing a fighter who's like 17, right? That makes sense. But if you're playing a wizard who's in his 60s with the white beard and everything, what has he been doing for the last 60 years? Well,
1: he's a wizard. Magic condoms, of course.
0: (laughs) I must have skipped that spell. (laughs) <laughs> but you, you get my point, though, right? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. he's
0: 60, the man has produced an offspring at least once. I mean, we're talking about medieval era here. He's at yeah. minimum got a bastard out there somewhere. Yeah. If it's, not multiple.
1: <laughs> I, I think I've played in a game, or I GM'd a game, where one of the player's characters was the... Son of another player's character, and it was it made for like interesting roleplay. Oh, but interesting. outside of that, eh. well, I
0: played a character in one of your campaigns who um was like a like an older dad in his forties yeah. who owned a tavern, and his two adult daughters ran the tavern for him while he went out and adventured, having a midlife crisis.
1: And he died in the third session.
0: He did. And those poor children will never know because there was time travel involved. Because you always do time travel.
1: I've only done time
0: travel with you twice. That's that's a lot, and the that fact that lot. you don't understand that is already a problem. <laughs> this dude, every time, every time, it's either, you're in the black dimension, or you went forward or backward in time, and it's like, can we just, please?
1: Well, my next game, so you know, there is no time travel or extra dimensions involved, kind of.
0: You see how you had to say, kind of. <laughs> Are we going to start off in hell? Please tell me we don't start no, off in hell. No, God, no. Because, I mean, that's a fun campaign, but you got to know in advance for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, dear God. Um, enchantment spells should be charisma saves, not wisdom saves. Now, I don't know about that statement specifically. But charisma as a save, that's interesting. Charisma
1: saves should replace will saves in my opinion, because unless you're playing a charisma based character, like a charisma caster, charisma is a dumb stat and it's useful for nothing. But will is useful for perception, regardless of the saves or will wisdom.
0: Right. Well, here, here's my thought and it's a little bit different. Um, So, I don't see Charisma as a dump stat because, um, and this is a topic that's been done to death by other people, Um, it it has a lot of uses in non-combat, like in in actual roleplay with NPCs. So, to me, it's not a dump stat. Now, that said, um, I think some saves should be will saves. I think that makes sense for some things but I think Charisma wakes as a save would make way more sense for certain specific situations. I don't think it should replace will saves. I think it should be an additional option.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Like some save that is like an additional save that's something Charisma-based. So we're talking about saves, so...
1: Yeah. And
0: so instead of having...
1: Enchantment spells that are like compulsion-focused a lot of the times...
0: Yeah, so instead of having Fort, uh, Reflex, and Will, you could also have like one additional one, like um, Social, maybe, call it that. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Just just an idea for Pathfinder 3, or um, 3rd edition, or D&D 6th edition, which, from rumors I'm hearing, is not that far away. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was pretty soon. Yeah, well, there are significant problems with D&D 5e, and um, it's rumored that there's going to either be like a 5.5 or a 6 coming out not too long from now. All right, this one is one of the worst takes I've ever heard. Marshals referring to Marshall classes, and casters are balanced at high levels. I I know we already want to start, but let's continue. And casters only seem much more powerful on paper. Sure, a spell can fix any situation, but that's only if it's prepared in a slot available, and that's far from a given. High-level marshals just work every round and will consistently do fine as opposed to casters. Uh, Uh, Ah, yes. There's high-level marshals. I think we got to break this one down into pieces. So first sentence, marshals and casters are balanced at high levels, and casters only seem much more powerful on paper. How often
1: is your marshal going to survive to a high level?
0: Well, actually, I'd say more often than casters, because, I mean, the chance of a caster dying before level 5 is relatively high.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Like, before level 3, you're kind of just a brick. There's just
1: so many easy ways for a marshal to die to casters at higher levels, though.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, once you hit, like, if we're talking, like, level 8, Right? Um, There's so many spells that will just save you from death as a caster. So many. Yeah. All right. Next sentence. (laughs) Because there's more wrong with this. Sure, a spell can fix any situation, but that's only if it's prepared and a slot available, and that's far from a given. Has this man forgot about sorcerers? I mean, has he forgotten? Spontaneous casters
1: are, like, half of the casters, so, like...
0: And, and like, that's the whole thing with a sorcerer, because people... And we're talking about Pathfinder for Sorcerer versus Wizard as a 1-E Pathfinder. Um, Like, the whole point of why you go with a sorcerer, because there's a lot of people who... And, and it is a somewhat justified opinion, think that wizards are inherently better than sorcerers at high level... And I disagree. I actually prefer to play Sorcerer because, yes, your total repertoire of spells is smaller, but you can cast all those spells at any time, which gives you a lot more options. Yeah, but, I mean,
1: generally, when this person says that you have to have a spell prepared, do they not realize that players can figure out what they're going to be doing the next day?
0: (laughs) Even if they can't, has he not heard of a Pearl of Power? (laughs) Like, there's so many... It's just, it's so wrong. It's wrong in every aspect. One, he's completely discounted uh, uh, spontaneous casting, and two, he's completely gotten rid of all the additional options that high-level wizards have. I mean, you can sacrifice spell slots using, um... Uh, meta magic to get spells you didn't have prepared.
1: Yeah, and I mean, okay, so with this next sentence, that like marshals consistently do things every round, maybe in combat, but like.
0: Well, even in combat, I don't think this holds true.
1: Yeah, because like in combat, like at high levels, casters have like so many spell slots they can just
0: fleeing spells well and here, here's a, here's this point on the last line is that you're going to get consistent damage as a non-caster and that is true if the enemies are within your reach because yeah i mean okay you are barbarian you are level 15 okay you get an absolute heap of attacks per turn however how many of the enemies in the room are going to be within great sword range yeah. Whereas your sorcerer is just going to flick a fireball that's leveled a leveled fireball at, at whoever he's fighting. And,
1: like, marshals are really, with the exception of, like, rogue, are really only useful in combat, but casters can do, like, crazy things outside of combat. I mean, Which it, it's, a lot of the time can just bypass the combat.
0: D- yeah, that that's that's part of it, um, and there are some absurdly powerful spells out there. Like, yeah. um, let me let me here fill some air time while I, while I pull something up. <laughs> finger of death. Uh, oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna do. I mean, you got like finger of death, power, power word kill, kill, especially if we're talking like ninth level we get like mass power word kill. What is your fighter going to do against 40 kobolds? <laughs> Nothing. It's too many kobolds. That would take days, years. I mean, just
1: leveled fireball with meta magic. I, that's a third level spell.
0: Oh, I'm 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 look thinking level 9 things. How about Wish?
1: Yeah, I mean, and there's even a minor wish if you're not, like, level 18 or whatever it is. Well, should... no,
0: this guy said high level. That means level 20. That that level 20 counts. I mean, we're talking level 9 spells here.
1: If we're talking level 20, I would like for anybody, I, I, I invite any listener to suggest to me any martial build that will be a 20th level caster. Any.
0: At all, I mean you can't. Oh my gosh! Okay, okay, hold on. I got some. I got some good ones here. Um, hold on. <laughs> I got a lot of good ones here. Um, that's powered kill. Um. Okay, I'm just gonna get the first good ones I came to mind. First spells. So obviously we have wish, mm-hmm. which is so powerful of a spell it can do any other spell. So yep. it's literally the spell. It is the granddaddy of all magic. To even cast it, you need a diamond worth twenty five thousand gold. Like it's it's literally a limitless spell almost. Like literally. Wish goes as far as your game master allows it to go, which is yep. usually pretty far because it's a freaking wish spell. Yep. Let's talk about uh, suffocation, uh, which has a mass version. So, um, okay, if they fail, if the target fails their Fortitude save, they immediately fall unconscious and reduce to zero hit points.
1: Wow, that's even better than Power Word Kill.
0: Yes, it is. And it has a mass version where it targets one living creature per two levels. So that's ten level, ten creatures at level two. And it works as long as all the creatures are within 30 feet. And the effect is not just you cast it on whoever is nearby. No, no, no. It's a duration for the area that it affects. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Next. Next. Massacre. This is a sixty-foot line area spell that snuffs out the life force of that immediately kills instant kills any living creature of seventeen or fewer hit die in a sixty-foot line. Is there a save? Yeah, it's a fort save. Oh, okay. But it's just, and if it does, it has, and if it has. Greater than 17 hit die, it still takes 10d6 points of damage plus one per caster level. I mean, 17 hit
1: die is kind of low if you're a 20th level.
0: Right, but even if they they have too high a hit die, if they have too high a hit die or they pass the fortitude save, they take 10d6 plus 20 points of damage.
1: Yeah, that'll take out like a third of their health.
0: And that's a 60-foot line of enemies. Yeah. 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 Next we have energy drain, another great one. Yep. So uh they're going to take 2d4 negative levels. Yep. I mean, other that's all, not only is that going to wreck whatever's in front of you and weaken them significantly it's also going to make your game master squirm as he tries to figure out how to remove four levels from a dragon
1: (laughs) yeah that that's that's a good way to to make your game go on break
0: dominate monster and dominate person i shouldn't even have to explain those two
1: does dominate monster work on dragons
0: uh i don't remember but one of those two does jesus it's either dominate person or dominate monster. One of them works on a dragon because between those two, they work on everything.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I, I mean, no, we're not even scratching the the uh, the plane. Okay, okay. Let's say you're in a if you're in a high level campaign, you're going to be doing a lot of moving around. What about gate? Where you can create a gate between two planes? How is your fighter supposed to get from this plane to uh, the the abyss?
1: Yep. Your fighter has to go and pay some wizard to do it for him. Resurrection!
0: Yep. Not to mention true resurrection! Yep. Uh, I mean, I don't even, like, what was this man thinking? This man has never
1: played a caster at high levels
0: he clearly has no idea what a high level caster is capable of. Um, all right, I think that's gonna do it for us for this episode. that was a uh, series of hot takes. we might do another one of these. Uh, we need you guys to start leaving voice messages okay i'm gonna I'm gonna agree <laughs> with y'all. the idea well is running a little dry so uh leave us a voice message. there's gonna be a link on this on this episode of how to leave us a voice message. Leave us a voice message. We'll likely play it on the podcast. And we, it'll give us an idea for the next episode. So please, leave us a voice message. You can also check us out on Twitch. Um, Byte has been playing Fallout New Vegas for the first time. Uh, and we will leave a link to our Twitch uh, as well. Um, and we'll leave a link to our YouTube channel. Uh, we don't post there often, but most of the stuff from our Twitch makes it there eventually. Um, Until next time, this has been Homebrew Portal.